0: A seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial. Opinions may vary but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources it's the report old Report Here's your hosts John Lund and Al Renato Well al another exciting week in athletics. Super wild card weekend or whatever the National Football League feels like it needs to call its opening week of postseason games is over. We've got exciting divisional matchups to discuss. Nothing circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. Nothing gets people more excited than playoff play. Now we fall into a different sort of category for just one game that was played this past weekend. Neither the new report nor the old report portion of this show ponied up the subscription money, whatever it was, to get Peacock and watch the Miami Dolphins shit the bit again and get blown off the field by a team that's ranked again. So we didn't miss much despite the hype heading into the game saw enough highlights to get a good enough feel of what 26-7 looked like. It was a sin for Dolphins fans. And for Chiefs fans, it was, of course, we're back. Now the real challenge comes when they go on the road, of course. But what did you make of what went down for Wild Card Weekend? Because a couple expected teams had some flubs, got sent home, early have a lot of off season storylines to fill. Although shockingly have both welcomed back their head coaches with opened arms, very curious decision to make that quickly after being eliminated. So, but decisions were made. We of course, referencing the Dallas Cowboys America's team and the Philadelphia Eagles losing out to Baker Mayfield and the boys. Oh, how it is to be a Dallas Cowboy fan, Al. Thank God we never fell down that path in life.
1: First of all, John, great to be back with you and all of our fans and all of our friends listening. And it was a return to the NFL, at least for uh, the, the Cowboys you know, and the Eagles, who you know, just a few years ago were in the worst division in football, and it's flipped to be one of the best divisions in football. And on Sunday uh, and Monday night, it was the worst playoff division in all of football. Uh, Let's regress to the nightmare that was Saturday night. Uh, No, the Renato household did not watch or pay for or in any way, shape, or form condone what the National Football League did with respect to Kansas City and Miami by putting it on Peacock. Never, ever, 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 ever. Should the incredibly mega rich NFL need to charge the American public, the TV viewing audience, to watch a postseason game? It was blasphemy. It was gutless. It was selfish. It was everything I discussed with our fearless leader, Christopher Dog Russo, who, despite his rants and raves, of course, bought the game. And contrary, to his intimations, his spurious allegations against yours truly that I would pony up and be a phony like him and have my feet up on the couch with the fire going, I did not, did not nor would my son allow me to line the pockets any further of the billionaire owners. Uh, And it was the perfect three hour and change window for us to finally concentrate, which was necessary to be laser focused, Not an NFL football game, but on Oppenheimer, which was one of the great films uh, I have seen in recent memory. And then I recommend it highly to everyone. I'll be shocked if it does not win the Academy Award. A Christopher Nolan gem. That was our Saturday night with the personal pies and the fire going. But no, with the exception of the first couple of free drives, which NBC gave you, with that god awful crew in studio, they wouldn't give you the play-by-play. They wouldn't allow that. They would allow you to watch the first couple drives, and then during a break, you would get the studio group led by Young Mister Sims. Uh, I think it's one of the McCourty twins, and whoever that the host is, and I don't even know who he is. I haven't seen him in the last couple of weeks which is just, it was god-awful, god-awful. But it did show you Kansas City Touchdown, that's pretty much all you needed to see. And it's certainly uh, all I was going to see, because for me it was free or nothing, and I was just fine with it being nothing.
0: Folks should also know that you also do not partake in what's been sinful and disastrous and unwatchable football on Thursday night via Amazon. Well, as you
1: know, as I have said, many 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 times on this program and elsewhere the only thing worse than thursday night football is when your favorite team has to play thursday night football that's right so no I do not partake you'll obviously give me the updates during our show because that's most of the uh, time frame within which the, the game takes place i should say it's part of the time you know our entire show is during the game. So I guess I see a little pass backwards. But I, I, I refuse to pay for it. Uh, I will never pay for it. Never, ever, ever, ever. No way, no how. And obviously, I miss nothing.
0: It was good to see, too, that they released the numbers. And again, viewership means nothing to me as a fan. It's not my money doesn't benefit us in any way when they put out the most watched and can you believe in the records. They had the record for the most streamed game because, yes, of course, it's a playoff playoff game game. that's streamed for the first time. It's obviously going to set the record. It's the record. That's the bar. No kidding. But it was the lowest watched among all the games. Chiefs Dolphins. That's a high-profile game. Forget about the end result. Just head it into the game.
1: And remember, that does not account for how many of those eyes were taken up by folks in Kansas City and Miami, where the game got a big rating, watching on free TV. And people
0: that had to find, well, I'm not paying for Peacock. Who else has it? Does the bar down the street have it? I guess we're all going there. So in that sense, I mean, they'll look and see the record and they'll flaunt that, of course. But you know the NFL is not happy. That was the lowest rate of the games.
1: Th- these, th- these filthy rich billionaires, remember, they split this money with the union. So I believe it was about $110 million that was split two ways. So that's $55 million for the entire league of owners, which is not even $2 million per team think about that. I mean, it's literally like, you know, maybe 50 bucks to you and I. That's what they deprived a national audience of for a million and a half a team. It, it's, it's, un, it's absolutely unconscionable. Ridiculous. And I refuse to be a part of it. Uh, however, I was a part of the balance of the not so uh, wild card weekend or super, I should say the not so super wild card weekend because we had some stinkers. Surprising stinkers, uh, but stinkers nonetheless. Uh, everybody, you know, the folks in Cleveland, boy, oh, boy, uh, can't wait for our opportunity. Wouldn't it be great if we went into Baltimore with Joe Flacco? I guess somebody forgot to tell them they're playing the rookie of the year and the second pick in the draft, who is a fabulous young quarterback, with the coach of the year. And oh, by the way, they're playing it away in Houston, or by the way, that supposed, alleged best slash paren's phoniest closed paren's defense in the National Football League, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde gave up over thirty points a game on the road. They were not anywhere near the best defense the National Football League on the road, they weren't even close. And they got lambasted. They got embarrassed. After they scored early and were going back and forth, they fell behind. As we have discussed in the past with Joe Flacco, who you know I love, who you know I have an absolute affinity for, led my team to a Super Bowl. Uh, Joe can sling it, but Joe is prone to throwing a couple to the other team. And we said that, we discussed it, and they managed to dodge the bullets that resulted from that during their second half run with Flacco at the helm, where he was throwing an interception and two per game. But they scored so much and won enough close games that they, to their credit, went 11 and six and had a terrific year. And more of the top wildcard teams. But as we also discussed, the key is if he turns it over a couple of times, what will be the result of those turnovers? Will they be the kind of turnovers that you have know, happen in midfield? Will they be the kind of turnovers that really aren't game-altering, where you know maybe you throw an interception, then you get the ball back? Or will there be turnovers that cost you points? Will there be turnovers that shorten the field for the other team? Uh, eh, They were turnovers that resulted in two touchdowns for the other team on a ball where it looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but he was being pressured and it was picked off on a drive. Not that they were going in for a touchdown, but they were moving the ball with potential points. And not only did it stop a drive, it resulted in a long interception return, which really kind of put the hammer down. And then the next possession, bad read. Joe has been prone to those throughout his career. That one real bad read again, game over. Second pick six and stick a fork in them. The Browns are done. And They were being beat anyway, and they never really stopped Houston. Uh, Stroud even overthrew, I believe, in the first half, still relatively early. I think it was Collins. He had wide open on a uh, mix-up in the secondary. There would have been a sure touchdown. Had him up by 10 yards, overthrew him. The point is that they were mauled on the road. Their Jim Schwartz, uh, alleged best defense in the NFL, got picked apart, got picked. They got run on, they got thrown on, they got beaten, and they got beaten badly. And, you know, the, the comeback kid, Joe Flacco, threw two bad interceptions that were returned for touchdowns that really, I don't want to say flip the game or determine the game, but resulted in the game being a rout.
0: Great for Texans fans, (laughs) I can tell you that. I think they're a little excited about how their draft pick went. Remember when that was a huge topic of conversation? How some of those late game games ended? Oh, no, C.J. Stroud. Well, hey, yes, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, it was just a matter of the carriage turning into a pumpkin, finally, for the Browns. It's, I can't tell you, and I can how difficult it is to survive one of your quarterbacks going down. Having to start five in a season, please. It was only, unfortunately, a matter of time before something like this happened. Obviously, at the worst time for it to, but exciting in a sense like, hey, the Texans. What a long time coming it's been for them to say we're in the big league part of the playoffs now. It's not going to be easy, no question about it. Some of your star players getting hurt. Not great. But for the Browns, disappointing because you just thought, hey, maybe this luck is just going to keep continuing for us.
1: Didn't happen. I've told you many times it can't keep continuing because, again, remember, they are the fake Browns. They are the phony Browns. And no matter what people think, eventually the curse of Arthur Modell will rear its ugly head. And it did so in Houston. The real Browns are, of course, in Baltimore, uh, who were the Cleveland Browns and were forced to move by the city of Cleveland and the league not assisting or contributing or building uh, Arthur Modell a new stadium after he basically lost his shirt in that rock pile in Cleveland and was forced to take Baltimore's offer to move the team, uh, in which they paid him a fortune and got him back on his feet financially and of course resulted in two Super Bowls for the real Cleveland Browns, which, uh, you know, now have the fake Cleveland Browns. You remember the Browns, unlike any other franchise that moved, but were forced as a condition of Arthur Morgan moving the team to leave the name, leave the colors, leave the records all behind. So two years later, they could build that new stadium uh, for the owners of the expansion slash phony Browns, who have been a laughingstock, a nightmare, an abortion, with the exception of a season or two here or there ever since. I believe this is their third season in the playoffs, if memory serves me correct. One under Kelly Holcomb, uh, one under Baker Mayfield, and one under Joe Flacco and company. So they're where they belong, done. They'll have their... Starting quarterback back next year, I presume, making a fortune with his untradeable, all fully guaranteed contract and his mediocre play uh, for that horrendous ownership known as the Haslams, who are convicted criminals themselves. So Cleveland gets what it's deserved. They chased Art Modell out of town. They forced them to leave. And now they've got a team that will never be successful because the curse of Arthur Modell will live on forever.
0: We will talk about a curse that's happened to America's favorite team and continues to happen for them. For the game, neither of us watched nor had to. I guess the end result not too surprising for several of the reasons: The Dolphins struggles in all caps against good teams this season in particular. Two in the postseason in general. The temperature which obviously impacts both teams. But for whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes does not come close to losing his superpowers in the extreme cold. And I say extreme cold with negative 26 feels like something along the lines of that. So cold that when he took a hit to his helmet, it shattered. And he had to put a new one on. (laughs) Never seen anything like that in 2024. Uh, Well, I, I didn't see it. He was running. He took a hit normal football hit. It wasn't a flag or anything. Part of the front of his helmet chipped off. Like if somebody gets hit with a baseball and part of the helmet just shatters, that's what happened. Is Rydell still
1: making the helmets? If so, a defective Rydell, no doubt. But the, he had to get in, it was
0: third down and he, I mean, what do you do in that situation? So there's like chaos for, should the play clock still be running? Does he have to come out of the game for a play? Does he need a new helmet right away? I I think they they might've played one play without it. I'm not sure, but he had to get a new helmet and the Dolphins weren't happy because they just allowed him to do it and then come back into the game and throw whatever pass and they scored on that drive. They were displeased. That's how cold it was. You want to talk about conditions. So all things considered, sure, you'd expect the Chiefs to win the game but the Dolphins just basically not showing up for it. My goodness.
1: As as expected. They beat one good team all year, which is a quasi good team, which we'll get to. And they did it at home and that was Dallas. So Dallas and Miami were the two biggest phony teams all year. And, you know, you can only coach so long with no socks. And so, you know, slide rule King, Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, the rich man's version of, you know, the former coach of the Chargers is no longer with us. You know, he on the offensive side, you know, like last year, he got his team off to a great start. They collapsed last year to add all the injuries to go through, and they had other injuries as well. But obviously the most uh, debilitating one was Tua. We didn't play in the playoffs. But this year, again, a collapsed on the stretch, wind up losing the division to the Bills. So your reward is you get to go play in, you know, not Miami, but 80, 85, But 85 uh, you know, five below, 25 below windchill, And of course they didn't show up. Frankly, they didn't show up all year against good teams. They got their asses kicked. They got their ass kicked again. You know, same old story. Same old story. No surprise there. And speaking of a team that really didn't beat anybody all year, And was a bully, but at least was at home. Where they pretty much kicked everybody's ass all year. And all last year. And hadn't lost at home since the beginning of last year. Is that correct?
0: I think it was 15 straight. That number stands out. Well,
1: not anymore, my friend.
0: It was eight this year, and then... Seven last year would make sense. I think it was 15 straight heading into the game. And then (laughs) what year is it, Al? You've lived through two iterations of Hall of Fame quarterbacks that could only win one Super Bowl that are also scumbags off the fields. We've seen games like this before, usually in Green Bay. What a beatdown this was. Game was over at halftime. I can't (laughs) believe it. I mean, this, the end of the score will make it look like it was a shootout.
1: Nay, nay. what well, we saw what Buffalo did to Dallas and what San Francisco did to Dallas. What bigger, stronger teams did they ran it down their throat? But the Buffalo game was on the road. San Francisco game was on the road. This game was at home. Against a nine and eight team that squeaked into the playoffs, one of the youngest teams in the league, with a young quarterback who I didn't think could play last year after I watched him, I believe, on a Monday night game when Rodgers was out, in which he looked like he did not belong in the National Football League. Which just goes to show that patience, it does indeed take time. Yes, occasionally you have a C.J. Stroud. But more often than not, you have Mr. Love, who progressed nicely this year and played his best football in the second half of the year and led him to the playoffs. And against yet another defensive guru's fabulous defense. The great Dan Quinn, all right, who pissed away a Super Bowl as a head coach, literally looked like his defense was playing with eight guys. I mean, Romeo Dobbs, wearing the same number as Travis Kelsey, 87, seemed to have the Travis Kelsey force field going. Nobody near him every time the ball was thrown in his direction. Nobody else in the screen. How is that possible? Third and 18, and there's Romeo Dobbs, and he's the only one in the picture. A defensive performance for the ages in terms of the gross incompetence, the failure to adjust, the inability to stop any aspect of the Green Bay offense. They ran it down their throat. They threw it underneath. They threw it down the middle. They threw it deep, and Dallas was helpless to stop any of it. We certainly got enough shots at Dan Quinn with the head on backwards. They forgot to tell us that his defense was playing backwards because it was one of the biggest routes in the history of the NFL playoffs when you take all into consideration that this was a two-seed playing at home on a field they hadn't lost on for two years against an upstart young Packer team that had to squeak its way into the playoffs on the last day of the season. This was the two against the Ace. This was an NCAA tournament game where the 15 seed beat the two by 30 and dominated them throughout. And to the surprise of many, it did not cost, not to the surprise of yours truly, but it did not cost Mike McCarthy his job. I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: As they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I am shocked they're sticking with Mike McCarthy. I'm shocked Jerry Jones just doesn't go old school Jerry Jones and say, this is it. We got to go in a different direction. I don't know if that means they're they're going to make some changes on the offensive side, but Mike McCarthy keeps his job, has a press conference to basically say hello again, welcome to, what are we going into, year five, and I believe we have a championship team. You believe we have a championship team? Where? Who? When? How about you just make a conference championship game? Don't even win it, just get there. You got a championship team? Where are you coaching, man? I've said it to you many a time on this program, nothing good will come to the Dallas Cowboys while Jerry Jones is alive. And the only reason I add the alive part is because I don't think he's going to get rid of his ownership, GM ship, hands on ship until he passes away. He's not just going to give it to somebody else while he's still alive or of able mind. Him have? Can you just imagine spending what are supposed to be your glory years? They call it after retirement. You're getting close to retirement age, Al. Imagine just going to the same place every Sunday and having hope, and then at the same time every year it gets dashed completely and goes who away you, over and over who again. Do
1: you, who do you blame this on? You want to fire Mike McCarthy? Who do you want to hire?
0: Bill Belichick. Why? Because he's Bill Belichick. (laughs) Now, I enjoyed hearing people say, hire Bill Belichick. Why wouldn't you talk to him? You think Jerry Jones would be okay with having Bill Belichick on his sideline? Because I think what Jerry Jones enjoys most about what he does with the Cowboys is he thinks he knows more than the head coach does. And he knows Bill Belichick knows more about football than he does. He couldn't handle that. No chance.
1: Didn't he hire Bill Parcells? He did. All right. So let me play devil's advocate. Just for a second. Please. As I said to the great Steve Torrey tonight, my discussion with him, I understand that Mike McCarthy is not a great coach. Mike McCarthy is a good coach. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy won 12 games in three consecutive seasons with the Green Bay Packers. Jerry Jones retained Mr. Garrett for 10 years. He had three 10-win seasons. Jerry Jones is not a knee-jerk, something a jerk, but he's not a knee jerk Reactor when it comes to his decisions on hiring and firing of coaches. He may give you that knee-jerk post-game reaction to a loss, but he does not make rash decisions when it comes to his head coaches. Many have said he's too patient. But hire Bill Belichick. Why? Because Bill Belichick won Super Bowls. Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach of all time. Because Mike McCarthy. He's not got kind of it done in the postseason. Well, first of all, it's very hard to win championships.
0: It is. We have so talked hard, it's about very, that.
1: It's, it, it's very hard to go to Super Bowls. Yep. It's very hard to win Super Bowls. So let me ask you this. How many Super Bowls did the Dallas Cowboys go to? Well, everybody's favorite coach here in the Northeast. Bill Parcells was our coach. Couldn't tell you. Too young. How many, did, how many did they
0: win when Bill Parcells was the coach? I'm assuming these answers are zeros. Both correct. Because it didn't happen until Jimmy Johnson came around in his luscious, glorious hair, which is when the curse and this reasoning that I jokingly Jimmy Johnson, say about started. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson was before Bill Parcells. The curse came. When that man got fired because? Bill
1: Parcells was post-Jimmy Johnson. Right. Jimmy Johnson. So they didn't go to any Super Bowls under Bill Parcells, who wanted to buy the groceries. Uh, They didn't win any Super Bowls under Bill Parcells. Did you ever see Tony Romo play? Oh, yes. Who do you think was a better quarterback? And this is just an opinion. I'm just curious. Who do you think is a better quarterback? Tony Romo then or Dak Prescott? Tony Romo. Did they win any Super Bowls with Tony Romo? No. Did they win any Super Bowls
0: with Tony Des, Des caught it. That's the, that's really all they have from that era. Okay. And Jessica Simpson.
1: Okay. So you had a better coach and you had a better quarterback and you didn't go to any Super Bowls. Obviously, you didn't win any Super Bowls. This coach won a Super Bowl. This quarterback ain't won nothing. Dak Prescott is the most overrated player in the National Football League. And I don't dislike him. I don't think he's a bad NFL quarterback. I just think that whatever it matters most, Dak Prescott is a bad NFL quarterback. And he was an awful NFL quarterback in this postseason. He was miserable. When his team needed him most, he looked like a deer in the headlights. When his team desperately needed him, when his defense let them go right down the field and he needed to respond, he did nothing. Oh, it's a three interception. And if it was 14-0 and his defense desperately needed him to strike back, did he lead? He curled up, he rolled over and died. When an aspect of a team is terrific, that aspect of the team gets all the credit. When the Dallas defense was beating people up at home and sacking quarterbacks when they had huge leads because they knew they had to throw, who got all the credit? The defensive guru, the genius that is Dan Quinn. Did Mike McCarthy get any credit? You remember anybody crediting Mike McCarthy? No. For that great Dallas defense, did? when they were scoring all those points and Mike McCarthy was calling the plays, who was getting all the credit? Dak Prescott's getting all the credit. MVP, best season of his career. They lose and everybody wants to fire Mike McCarthy. Take Dan Quinn and give him his walking papers and give serious consideration as to whether or not this can be your quarterback going forward. If it is, then some things got to change. The way he's coached has to change. Their offense has to change. Don't tell me Mike McCarthy can't change. They must run the ball better. They didn't run the ball at all. I don't know if Powell is just not what he was because of the surgery. He's not the same player. The point is, every time you need Dak Prescott, and I thought maybe, just maybe, after the Buffalo game. Even though they lost, remember he took them on the terrific drive. He or the Miami game, excuse me. He took them down the field on the road in Miami, made the great throw, throw in the corner of the end zone, and Cooks made the terrific catch. And luckily, like they were going to win the game. And of course, the the, uh, the Denver or the me, Dallas defense folded like a cheap tent, and uh, Miami went down the field and kicked away field goal. But I thought maybe that was it. I thought maybe, just maybe, yeah, yeah. Is this the deck we've been waiting for? Same old deck.
0: Similar to the Dolphins
1: for folks that might not remember. Old
0: deck. Niners, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and then you know anybody good? Packers playing their best football right now. Cardinals.
1: It was a total and complete embarrassment for the entire organization. But I actually did not think he was going to fire Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy, like I said, he's a good coach. He's not a great... And again, there are things in life that matter that shouldn't. (laughs) Let's be... Do you think there would be the same kind of result and reaction, excuse from people, if Mike McCarthy was a good-looking, thin guy,
0: <laughs> a Sean McVeigh type, you mean Kyle Shanahan, perhaps? Not this. That's a that's a hashtag football guy right there. <laughs> a
1: a, guy, he's a fat guy with a beard.
0: That's a Chicago Bears skit on Saturday
1: Night Live. He's a fa- he's a fat guy who never grew a beard and is known for bad clock management. All uh, right, and doesn't even. You know, And it's not like he makes any missteps when he speaks, but he, you know, looks like a a fat football guy. Yeah. Not the cool guy. Not the Green Bay coach. Not the Rams coach. Not the Niners coach. uh, Not Mike Vrabel. Not the slick looking guy. Not Mike Tomlin. He's a fat guy. So. We, we make fun of them, we mock them, we yeah. screws up some clock management. By the way, all he does is win. But that's not good enough for the Dallas fans who somehow, some way, in a misguided, uh, totally subjective thought process, much of it created by the media, many of them were clueless, think that this was a terrific football team because they beat up on a bunch of tomato cans all year long, and anytime they played anybody good, They, A, lost, and B, most of the time, got their ass kicked all over the field. Now, was it surprising for them to get their ass kicked at home playing 9-8 and team? Yes, absolutely positively. But that just shows that they were not ready for primetime. They were not properly prepared. A lot of that's on McCarthy. How did Dak Prescott look like a scared little kid at 7 nothing? He looked like the kid who couldn't find his mother in the department.
0: <laughs> this new, well, it's not new. All season he's been doing that. Hey, here we go. When you're getting your ass beat and he's still doing that before the snap, oh, man. Not a better chef's kiss than for people that dislike the Cowboys fans.
1: Here we go! (laughs) Getting murdered. So that game was basically stinker number three. Yeah. If you, you want to say we got a good half with Houston and Cleveland, okay, half a stinker. That's one and a half stinkers. Miami, Kansas City is two and a half stinkers. Then we have the game of the weekend, without a doubt, which we kind of thought and hoped would be the game of the weekend. Which
0: you could also argue, second half, if you're a fan of scoring, kind of a stinker. Didn't feel that way, though, because of the
1: moments. No, that's okay. That's okay. The competitiveness can result in. No point,
0: right? I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. It didn't feel as ugly as like a box no, score lead. You no, to no, right.
1: no. your defense is flexing their muscles at just the right time, you know, red zone, uh, a lot of red zone. Up. Yep. Uh, now to the Rams, you know, the, they had they had their opportunities, and uh, you know, you love Detroit for what they accomplished. They finally won the home playoff game after all this time. Mike Tarico giving us a tour of of the entire city. Thank you, Mike. Chris Collinsworth who simply, you know, Chris, must you talk every conscious moment? Can you take a breath? Can you let the game speak for itself a little bit? We are, remember, if you're talking to us, we are watching. That doesn't mean you have to sell us on every single element of the teams, the game, the players. They have just become so mediocre as a tandem. At times, it's difficult to listen to. But it was a very good game. Until next week. Golf was very good. Obviously, the crowd was great. Detroit was all fired up. And Matthew Stafford was fabulous. Matthew Stafford showed why he is, you know, in the top upper echelon group of NFL quarterbacks, healthy, a marvelous throw of the football, made some incredibly uncanny throws with amazing degree of difficulty that he completed to keep drives alive, got his ass kicked in terms of hits, one of which I thought was a terrible non-ruffing the passer call that would have been automatic first down, Uh, and may have led to a touchdown. We don't know. Instead, it resulted in a field goal.
0: Should have probably taken him out of the game, too. I'm shocked that the – well, I'm not shocked because it's the NFL, but these proposed and supposed guys upstairs, guys on the sideline, making sure that you could – how many fingers am I holding up? That dude was on the ground for a couple seconds, hit, and Tariqo's going, yeah, he's been on his back a lot of times in this stadium and looked up at that roof a lot. He got his bell rung, dude. He's not looking up at the ceiling like, oh, man, I got sacked. He got wrecked on that play. And then they brought him into the tent because he was holding his ribs or whatever he was trying to grab. So it could take away him probably getting his bell rung. I shouldn't say probably. We saw it. But he came back out. I mean, I'm glad he did. I I, I hate to speak like I don't care. A guy got a potential concussion, but you want him out there.
1: You want him to be okay.
0: You want him okay, and you want him out there,
1: yes. And he was okay, nope. and he continued to make tremendous throw after tremendous throw. Uh, the tight end got hurt on what I thought was a you know, a dirty hit. Yep. It's the second time second that defensive a back has gone low. Uh, and that one was, I thought, particularly vicious. Uh, and you had the non-interference call on the third and long, which could have been called. I didn't have a huge – I had a bigger problem with them not calling and roughing the passer. Yeah. Tw- twice. It should have, have asked, been twice. I I, I actually have to, I have to ask you this. I'm curious what you think. Because everybody was okay with punting. I was not. My thought process was, look, it's Matthew Stafford. Obviously, the holding penalty killed him. It knocked him out of field goal range. Some said, you know, go for half of it, and then you can go for a fourth and eight if you complete it. My point was it's fourth and 15 or 16, whatever it was. If you go for it and make it, great. If you punt, you still only got the one timeout. So what's the difference if you give them the ball at the 10 or if you go for it, you don't make it, and you give them the ball at, what was it, your own 45? You've still got to stop them. right? And you've only got the one timeout to work with. So if you don't stop them, the game's over. The difference being, to, in my mind, And you have two bites at the apple. You have the fourth down play. And granted, if you stop them, you are going to have a lot more ground to cover with no timeouts. But it's doable if you got the stop. Right. Because all you need is a field goal. So I can understand why he kicked it, but I would have went for it. I would have went for it. With that that quarterback, I would have went for it.
0: I don't know if it had anything to do with the wide receivers as a whole not doing as much and it being mostly the Puka Nakua show. But that should even benefit you on a 4th and 15 where you would think they're going to double team him or do whatever to make sure he doesn't catch this pass that has to go 15. So now... Somebody's going to be open. Somebody needs to make a play there, but you have a better opportunity because everybody thinks it's
1: going to Puka. And you you do have Cooper Cup.
0: You have Cooper Cup, Uh, who really didn't do much that game. Here you go, dude. Here's your play.
1: And the other aspect of it is who's my best player? Uh, My best player is my quarterback. Yep. It gives my quarterback an extra chance. I want to give him as many chances as possible.
0: And you can argue that. Hey, my best guy's out there. He threw it to Cooper Cup, my best guy, let's just say. They got to make a play. I trust them to do it. Also, too, this could prove to be a further red flag for coaches that you, if you had to write on paper, it's better to lose five yards randomly absolutely. than it is absolutely. to not have
1: those timeouts. In the second half, absolutely. The timeouts are like gold in the second half. You must be able to stop the clock the requisite number of times when you're behind. It's not even so much, it, it, it's more so to get it back. Uh, they're they're more important when you don't have the ball than when you do, in my mind. Yeah. To give you the chance to get the ball back. And I have many times thought, what's, it's five yards. All right, second and 10 versus second and 15. I, I got to figure out a way to get the first down in two plays. I, I, I'm not burning a timeout. And they burned two of
0: them. Now, you want to swallow. risk a timeout because you didn't get a challenge right, you thought you had it? The, I, I could swallow that risk, certainly. Different stuff. The five, and, remember, and especially this, early in downs, like, dude, just
1: what difference does it make
0: at that point? And, and,
1: re, and, and remember, you know, this is a Super Bowl winning coach. This is one of the, I don't get no, he's a terrific coach. And everybody loves him. And he did a great job this year. He did. But what he had? But, but you can't burn those timeouts you just can't one maybe you can't burn two that way
0: as obsessive can't. as these coaches and staffs are now with numbers and analytics and that's the way And the binders and the folders and the tablets still some of this stuff that's done i mean i'm sitting on my couch as you are so what do we know but you're still shaking your head like why did you didn't need that i don't think the risk reward benefits. It's, it's interesting. Cause then you end up in a moment like that in the fourth quarter where you're kicking yourself. Cause you only have one now. And that was, and it. it was a ter- It was a terrific game. Cause you kept getting the feeling. Didn't you watching that? Like, Oh, the Rams are going to figure this out. They're going to win. It, absolutely. It felt like they were I, playing better. And you're looking at the score. Like what's happened. <laughs> Not Nothing against at, Detroit. They played great, but you just Detroit figured it
1: did a great job. They're going to win. Um, but I, I just thought all, I thought the whole game, the Rams were going to win the game. And, you know, he kept bringing his team back unlike Dak Prescott. You know, when they were down 7-0, they went right down the field. Yes, they got stopped to kick the field goal, but they were down 14-3, took them right down the field again. All right. And he kept bringing them back. And that's the kind of leadership, to me, that is so important for a great quarterback where he has to pick his team up because early on, the Rams defense struggled. Early on, when the Dallas defense was struggling miserably, the offense was not to be fine. And the quarterback was just as big a culprit as the defense was. Not the case for the Rams. Matthew Stafford was heroic. He played a fabulous game.
0: He went from somebody we kept saying like, can you believe this dude won a Super Bowl and came back to get beaten up like this with this line? Not have anybody to throw to? What is he doing? And then couldn't have been happier to see him doing what he was doing at his old place like that. It
1: was great. Love watching. I love watching him throw. And how about all the different angles? Crazy. Sidearm, the no look. He's incorporating, he's adding new things to his game. And he's also, remember, he he was banged up most of last year. And early this year, he's healthy. And boy, did he look like it.
0: Jared Goss sticking with him, though. Great on him. Great on the The place was crazy, as it should be. 32 years. Dan Campbell screaming excited football. He couldn't have asked for a better game.
1: It was great. It it, it was, it was absolutely the start of the weekend. No doubt about it. And then we moved to stinker number three and a half. Yeah. They don't need to, uh, snow. Yeah. The Monday night nightmare. Shovels. We'll we'll get, we'll go back to the bills and, and, and the Steelers in a minute, because that was a pretty much an as expected game. But the Monday night stinker, my goodness, finishes off one of the great collapses in the history of the National Football League as the defending NFC champs who got off to a 10-1 and start and were not as dominant as last year, dodged a bunch of bullets, won a few games they clearly should not have won, Buffalo, but look for all the world like they were safe to cruise home to another division title because the worst part of their schedule was over. And then the next thing you know, the defense that had started to look a little shoddy became a sieve. And it was, as I like to say, they could not stop a strong wind. The tackling got worse and worse. No pressure on the quarterback. Couldn't stop the run. Gave up a big first half lead against the Cardinals. Embarrassed by the Giants in an important game. You know, Tyrod Taylor throwing for over 400 yards. I mean, it, it was a defense that just crumbled. The firing of the defensive coordinator and the hiring for the incompetent Matt Patricia. And the next thing you know, and even there for a minute, just for a minute, after they fell behind 16-3, they had bomb to Smith and they scored to make it 16-9, and they kicked the extra point to make it 16-10. Like, right. They're only, to touchdown, they take the lead. But then comes the brain fart. Then comes how dumb can you be? There's the penalty on the extra point, moving it half the distance to the goal. So because we have this incredibly successful quarterback sneak, brotherly shove, Tush, push, even though we're now only behind by six. So a touchdown, an extra point conventionally gives us the lead. Let's go for two to pull within five. But if we fail, be behind by seven. So they take the risk and for, I guess, maybe the first time all season, I don't know. They fail on the brotherly shove. And it's almost like it was a fate of complaint. Really? After that, after that, the game was over. Yeah. And that, to me, what was, in a nutshell, that's what happened. They got too full of themselves. They tried to do something that was totally, in my mind, moronic. Just kick the extra point, and make it 16-10. Why do you need to be at eleven? You get a touchdown and kick the extra point. You're at eighteen. They can still take the lead with you with a field goal. You're going to go for two then to make it nineteen. I I, I don't understand. That's in the future. Take the point now in what you think may be a hard fought, low scoring game where you can go ahead with a touchdown, an extra point, and then next time you have the ball. And remember, by the way, the next two or three possessions, they held Tampa. They got big sacks, they stayed in the game, and their offense couldn't do anything. Their offense could not move the ball when it mattered most. Jalen Hurts, who we loved, everybody loved last year. Looked like a different player. Maybe he wasn't 100%. The running aspect of their offense by Jalen Hurts was completely limited. They ran no offensive plays for him to carry the ball. On the options, uh, they just did not seem to be a part of the game plan. And maybe it's because he's not the same guy physically right now. Maybe the knee doesn't allow him to do the RPOs. They gave up on the run early. We hardly saw Swift run the ball. And you know, they didn't have Brown, who you know, never shuts up now and has become a complete diva, drop passes, bad throws, inability to protect the quarterback, and a defense that was you know, it was right there with, it, with the – I don't want to say it was his – it wasn't as bad as Dallas's performance because at least they were there to hit guys. They just couldn't tackle. A lot of the time, Uh, their their tackling—tackling was so sloppy, it was horrendous. Um, And now we wait the fate of a coach who took his team to the Super Bowl last year, and was ten and one this year, and was the new kid in town, and everybody's flyboy, great with the press, the brotherly shove, all the jokes, screaming at the the Chiefs game. And now I guess we'll know tomorrow after the meeting, according to Sal Pal, as to whether or not he's going to have a job. What's your gut?
0: It looked like after the Bills game, where the Bills would go on to win six more games and the Eagles would win one, that's a crazy stat in itself, that the Monstars stole the Eagles' talent and we're going to have a Space Jam 3 in the summer. None more so than this game. I don't know if they quit. I don't know if they don't like Jalen Hurts as their guy. If his philosophies and uh, message board quotes and stuff you see at the thrift shop on those posters that you hang in your kitchen when he's getting interviewed after the games just isn't working. I don't know what the answer is, but it looks like the effort just wasn't there in a playoff game and that falls on the head coach. It just does. I know they got to the super bowl. I know they were 10 and one, but I don't know how you watch the end of that season and say, let's run it back.
1: We should be fine. Okay. Bill Belichick is going in for his second interview with Atlanta. So let's just put him there.
0: He will be where it all began. 28 to 3, baby. Let's change. I, let's, I hope there's enough jokes that he, well, he is not a jokester, but
1: just one line at the introductory. Press let, let's, and remember, that's a Super Bowl that was blown by who? The head coach. By who? Kyle Shanahan. Thank you very much. Oh, who he's called, he's with the 49ers who, now? Oh. <laughs> who, who, who called the second worst play? In the history, in, in the Super Bowl history, who did that? Who well, threw? Who, you mean the who pass gave,
0: where you can't who, take a sack who, on top of it, and and they did that?
1: Who gave away a Super Bowl? Oh, My God! By throwing a pass when they were in field goal range. Yeah, who did that?
0: That's uh, Kyle Shanahan was there for that. It yeah. would
1: have ended virtually the game. Yep. Presuming an indoor kick, chances are about ninety percent. Who 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 decided to throw the ball there? It's,
0: it was Kyle Shanahan for that. Who who
1: who 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 was it? Who, when he had the lead in the Super Bowl and was running the ball down the Chiefs' throat, decided on an important possession with good field vision to throw the ball on the first two downs with the immobile Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: Wait, he was in the Super who Bowl again that? and made him. That was
1: Kyle. Who was that? that was Kyle Shanahan too. Wow. Hey hey hey! hey a couple of years ago. <laughs> When the Niners had a two score lead against the Rams and, and had the ball with good field position uh, and, and were out physically, who, who was throwing the ball there with Jimmy Garoffalo? Who, who, who was that? They wound up giving the ball back to the Rams and breathing life into the Rams in a game they eventually came back, won, and went to Super Bowl. Who was that? These all seem to Jimmy? be
0: like the same answers. Who, who
1: was that? What was his name? Tell us. This is this is not a hard test. This is an easy test. Tell us. Another coaching genius, (laughs) the guru, the son of a Hall of Famer, the guy who has literally pissed away as a head coach, as as an assistant coach, one Super Bowl, did a very good job of throwing away a second, and then did the same. With a conference championship game. The flyboy, the genius, the guy who, with his rocket scientist general manager, said, Hey, let's trade two first round picks so we can move up. Not just ours, all right, but two more. I don't count your own. Because you're always going to give up yours. But what else do you give? Give him two more picks to move up to draft a guy who as we said before in this program, he didn't play at North Carolina State. He played at North Dakota State. Where 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 is where is Lancelot now? That's the genius that is Kyle Shanahan. Still, despite the fact that the and I'm being, I'm, I'm not being subjective. I'm being objective. Despite the fact that the Ravens had the best record in the National Football League, despite the fact that, that the Ravens had a tougher schedule despite the fact that the Ravens went into San Francisco on Christmas night in the most ballyhoot game of the year and did the same exact thing that Mike Florio said would happen, but in reverse. No, Mike, the Niners did not kick the shit out of the Ravens. The Ravens went into San Francisco, big, rough, tough San Francisco. And kick the living shit out of San Francisco. And there's still people out there who think, well, the Niners are the better team. How? How? You want to say, do you think they might beat them in a neutral field? Okay. But this notion that the Niners are this totally superior team to the Ravens, or even the Bills for that matter, to me is a joke. Absolute joke. Brock Purdy's playing quarterback. Until Brock Purdy proves me wrong, he's Brock Purdy. And he will get their chance. They will get their chance to beat up at home on a now 10 and eight, nine and eight regular season football team. When green Bay comes a call let's get to Pittsburgh and Buffalo real quick. That was supposed to be Sunday to start our triple header, got kicked over to Monday because of the snowstorm in Western New York. Any surprise there for you? Anything unusual, anything unexpected?
0: No, it was what you expect to see from Buffalo, but don't get enough of from Buffalo. We know how good they can be. We've seen it several times this season. Good Buffalo, when they're rolling, nothing's going to stop them. Not, not the Steelers with that offense. Not Mason Rudolph. And the snow is where they thrive for whatever reason. So it wasn't shocking to see this Buffalo. Although it wouldn't have been shocking to see the other Buffalo. You don't know who's going to show up week to week, but they could have easily lost this 17, 14. And
1: that wouldn't have been a surprise because of the snow with the bills. It's a pretty easy formula. If they run the football successfully, they went Exactly. And it wasn't just with Josh Allen. Obviously, it's now with the younger Cook brother, all the older of which is now a Raven, but the younger Cook brother from Georgia, who is a wonderfully versatile back, who surprisingly is running between the tackles. Not just outside, but running between the tackles. Now, look, he didn't run anybody over. But he is not afraid to stick his nose in, run between the tackles, find the space, get seven, eight yards, occasionally break one outside for twenty yards. Excellent receiver out of the backfield. He has been the, he he is what has been the missing element in that Buffalo offense in the Josh Allen era. Singletary's a nice player, but you know, he's not as good as Cook and I also didn't think they gave the ball to Singletary enough. I thought part of it was their game plan and Joe Brady has gotten back to running the football, a lot of it between the tackles, using Josh Allen on the, on the RPOs and not being afraid. They, they also have a wonderful new weapon in, in the big tight end from Utah, who has been terrific. They run a lot of two tight end sets and they get the ball to you know one of the best wide receivers in the game when they can. Uh, and he hasn't bitched nearly as much in the second half of the season when they went on their run, regardless of how much he gets the ball. That is true. And they're getting and they're getting contributions from everybody. And that's how that's gee, when everybody contributes, what does that usually equal? Success. Who knew? Hey, And what and what was the last time Buffalo lost? Exactly. Six and six. They lost to the
0: Broncos, more specifically for me knowing this and for having him on my fantasy team. James Cook fumbled for the first time that season, and I don't believe he fumbled at all last season. Like, the number of games before his last fumble was laughable. They benched his ass for the whole first half. Buffalo couldn't do anything on offense. Finally brought him in back in in the second half after he had his punishment for, God forbid, fumbling. He ended up with over 100 yards rushing, but it was too late. Lost by two. Punished the dude for a fumble. His first, and I I don't remember even how long it was. Well, that offensive coordinator, not there anymore. Hmm. Coincidence. Perhaps. Everybody on the same page and success comes. Who knew, Al? And the snow. And in a twist of fate, We finally have made it. We survived the Tom Brady years. We survived the Patriots. We got past a Hall of Fame quarterback runs of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger being in the AFC Championship game always. We have now finally survived our latest troublesome thing. Patrick Mahomes hosting AFC Championship games. Now, we will see him on the road for the first time ever in the divisional game we've made it we get to see in buffalo talk about the game of the week chiefs bills sunday night
1: we have a four pack goodness we have a four pack the best weekend
0: by the way al too many games last week you know (laughs) Especially once they canceled one, and moved it. I was like, man, there's a lot of football that gets played. Moving
1: now. them around, one He's, we can't see. Geez. the ones when the three of them stink, three and a half of them stink. This is this is the best weekend.
0: It's four thirty on a Monday.
1: You've oh right, football's football's on. <laughs> what do this we do? is the best weekend because we've cleared out the crap. This is it. Either The teams that didn't belong are gone, or the teams that were phonies i.e. the Cowboys, are gone. So, we have eight clubs remaining, all playing very well coming in here. We don't have anybody here who you know, really snuck in. Uh, Green Bay played great down the stretch and great last week. Yep. And it, it, as a result, gets to go to San Francisco. Detroit has been pretty darn good all year long. They entertain Tampa, who, yeah, they had their struggles down the stretch, um, and, and, and at times with an offense that is looks abominable. But that's the way, you know. That's Baker Mayfield. There are really times when you're like, this is my quarterback. This is the guy who we're going to put behind the you know, the steering wheel right. of a franchise. But then he gives you that, you know, that, that nose to the grindstone, incredibly gutsy, hardworking, nothing's going to keep me down approach, and looking healthy, makes some big throws, and you win games. Pulls a game the out like that against Philly, and
0: you go, "That's why that's our guy." Ah,
1: remember that and, and the team rallies around. They him love playing for him. And, and you know he'll he'll make a run where it looks like he's going fast, and he's he's not. And, you know, he'll, he'll try and juke somebody <laughs> and he can't and he'll get clobbered, but they'll charge over and help him out, you know, and, and they'll take the, they'll take the grass off his, off his face mask and they'll go back out there and run it back. And they got obviously two very good, although aging receivers. Um, you know, a, a defense that's, that's pretty darn good with a very good defensive coach. Do I give... Let's start there. Do we give them a chance in Detroit?
0: I think Detroit wins. I could see another close one, obviously, another battle, and it it might not even be as offensive of a first half, points-wise. Could be another ugly one where we're fighting just to get to 10 by halftime. That crowd, man. I, I just think they're able to keep a game close like that and come out I, what, on top of it. What,
1: what, what's the number? Six Six and what's a half. Number? All right. I think Tampa's going to hang around for a while, but I think eventually Detroit can rush the passer, as we know, and Hutchinson is a tough guy to stop. Yeah. And I just think between the pass rush and the big play capability of the offense – uh, there'll be enough of each to make this 23 to 10. Yeah, I can see that. And ugly. Yeah. I, I don't think not it's going to be great not, not to the, look at. Not that Tampa ever plays anything you would want to hang on your wall. But I'm going to go with Detroit and lay the lumber. Uh, let's stay in the NFC since we talked about Green Bay and San Francisco already.
0: By the way, the What's ticket this- price is uh Comparatively to the other three games, obviously the most uh, low is $461. If you want to head up there to Detroit and try to get in a standing room, <laughs> all Every other games folks, affordable, it,
1: but it is inside folks. So you it is wanna, inside. Um, what's the number in, in, in uh, Levi's Trust stadium.
0: Both games on Saturday have the same number nine and a half.
1: <sighs> Despite what I said, about the fly boy. First of all, you can't, you can't lose this game. All right. It'd be embarrassed. I don't care how Green Bay's playing. If you lose this game with the great season and all the weapons and the big buildup and everybody talking about you as this absolute coaching genius, if you lose this game, obviously there won't be calls for your head. Okay. But how much better are you than the Green Bay coach? or the Philly coach, you know, in terms of the end result. Uh, but I I have got to believe they will dispose of Green Bay. Um, I'm going to go 31-17. Nine. Nine and a half,
0: ugly for both those games, just because it being the postseason, but I get it for both teams. You assume no rust in either of the games. I could see them covering and talking shortly about your Ravens. Them also covering the nine and a half. I think the 49ers kind of have to have that type of like, we're for real, remember, game? And the magic just might run out for Green Bay.
1: I mean, look at their route to the Super Bowl. Look at that route. Green Bay at home, nine and eight in the regular season. And the winner of Detroit and Tampa. Yeah. And if they play Detroit, it will be obviously Detroit plays anybody. It'll be Detroit, you know, Detroit playing to go to their first Super Bowl. This is uh-huh. as good
0: as we've gotten since the Aaron Rodgers red carpet path to the Super Bowl that he had when he couldn't do it. Because why? Why would he win games get Super Bowl? Red carpet's rolled out,
1: so we both like the favorites.
0: Yeah, look at us.
1: AFC Ravens nine and a half. The first game on Saturday, my club, my MVP, the league's MVP, probably healthier than they've been since the beginning of the season. Um, nice to get that <clears> tight end back. Yes. Am I excited yet? With, And maybe Mark Andrews back. Be nice to get him back. Been practicing all week. Yeah, I don't expect him back. Uh, The older Cook brother, the recently signed Delvin Cook, has been promoted and signed to the roster, and they dumped your former fumble king, uh, Melvin Gordon. What is he? The third? Is Melvin Gordon the third? Yes. Everybody's junior the third now. Yeah. Um. So, will he have any impact in this game? I I have no idea. If he doesn't have it's a positive impact, because he can have a negative impact because Delvin Cook, as much as I love him, and I have loved him as a Florida State star and a terrific player for the Rams, Delvin Cook will put it on the ground for you, as Buddy Ryan used to say, once in a while. So um, I just think it's I think it's Lamar Jackson's time. I could be dead wrong, but I just think he's a, he's a much better player than he was a few years ago. The new offense behind Todd Monkin is totally revamped and totally different. And he's playing at a different level and a different style. He is not taking off and running. He's doing it when absolutely necessary. But uh, he is using his legs to make plays from the pocket with a wonderful plan from an offensive coordinator, And Todd Munkin, who was brought aboard to revamp the offense, to best take advantage of his multifaceted quarterback skills. And obviously they added pieces around him, of course, which are much improved. Zay Flowers has been terrific. Uh, Beckham has been excellent when he's played and a good influence. Um, Isaiah Likely, since Mark Andrews went down, has been terrific. Nelson Aguilar has done just enough. and, and, You know, Bateman is starting to show why he was a first-round pick. He's gotten healthy. He's made some big plays. Don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, Jalen Waddell is a supporting member, but he is improved, and he's given them another guy to go to with size and speed and athleticism. So, obviously, they, they lost J.K. Dobbins, then they lost Mitchell, but their running backs are serviceable. And the defense has been top notch. And the best part of the defense is that they have not got beat deep. That will be a huge test against CJ Stroud because we know he throws a beautiful deep ball. They've got receivers who can get deep. They're without Tank Dell. They shredded the Cleveland defense. I don't think the Cleveland defense is nearly as good as the Baltimore defense. And we'll see. I am going to say the Ravens. cover and i'm going to give you a final of 34 20 baltimore
0: i will say the texans cover but the ravens win and that's all that matters in these instances could be one of those ugly first halves where it just takes the ravens a little bit to get their mojo back and that's what has the cover happen but what do we know there's only one other game Spread is three. Buffalo favored. Home field advantage canceled out. Looks like they like the equality of these teams in Vegas. Weather-wise, 20 degrees in Orchard Park. Perfect. Great cold for both guys. No problems. Perfect. Perfect. Chiefs have to be excited about how at least their offense mostly looked. Game could have actually been a lot worse. They do their stupid things offensively still. Rasheed Rice. Nice to have somebody that could catch. Who would have thought? (laughs) I am fascinated about this game. Especially with how both teams are playing currently. We saw the Chiefs play some ugly games this year. Goodness gracious. Couldn't get anything going on the offensive side. The formula they used against Miami was perfect as far as numbers go. Get Pacheco involved running, find the guy that's going to beat people in the wide receiver range. Rice was great. I think he had 130 yards or something like that. Patrick Mahomes does his little third down runs to pick up those hard times. Kelsey was 70, seven receptions, the usual everything. Do all that again against Buffalo, and that's it. I think. Buffalo is playing better right now, though. I think Buffalo, and I'm shocked these words are happening, will win that game against the Chiefs.
1: All right. You give me a score for me.
0: Uh, yeah, have some fun with the score. Uh, let's say they'll go 34-28. So Buffalo covers. Give us a last possession type of finish again get a uh, I am
1: rooting and this has nothing to do with if the Ravens win who do I want to play I don't care I am rooting very hard for Buffalo because I love Josh Allen I'm an upstate boy sub Rochester I'd love it to see for the Bills fans and Bills Mafia I am extraordinarily concerned about the health of the Buffalo defense. They got two more guys banged up last week. That is true. I don't know if I know one of them is not playing. I don't know about the other. One of their starting secondary members got carted off. I so want this to be 27 to 10 Buffalo. And I could see that happening. But it's almost too good to be true to see the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes lose convincingly on his first road playoff game. They're running the ball pretty well. You talked about Rice. Their defense is very good and has played very well Allen has turned it over a ton. I don't think he's going to turn it over four times, but unlike prior games, I think this is going to be a relatively low scoring game. And I, it pains me to say it, but I think Harrison butthead is going to beat him again at the gun. 23-20 Kansas City.
0: It does feel too good to be true after how the season has played
1: out. And
0: and I desperately hope that I am wrong. Because the Chiefs are definitely, this is the worst we've seen their offense with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. The defense could be the best he's had, but they've shown troublesome games as well. The Bills are riding as high as you possibly can, making it in. Finally, get to host a Patrick Mahomes playoff game. Last time they played with this Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes rivalry in Buffalo was during COVID, so nobody was there. This is Patrick Mahomes' first time with those whack jobs in the stands. The snow's all cleared away.
1: Everything on paper is telling you Buffalo. For whatever it's worth, let's remember. The Bills were at home last year in the playoffs against Cincinnati. And got their heads handed to them. Yep. So they're not invincible at home in the postseason. But you have, obviously, the other aspect that we've never seen Patrick Mahomes play a road game in the postseason. So that alone makes it incredibly intriguing. Yeah. Not that I think he'll, you know, be like Cinderella. Uh, the, the, the pumpkin won't turn into a coach, but this is unexplored territory. It's something we've never seen before. So we're all curious to see what happens. I think he'll play pretty well. Uh, I think the defense will play. I think it'll be a very hard fought, hard hitting old fashioned playoff game. I don't think we'll see nearly as many points as a lot of people think. I think the defenses will dominate. And Like I said, I think they'll do what they usually do. I think they'll pull a rabbit on the hat and Butker will kick a game-winning field
0: goal. This, too, could doing. easily be ugly. To to go back to how the season as a whole has been, just ugly weeks of football across the board. We could be in for another one of those. You're right. The defenses step up.
1: A lot That's of third, third and That's longs. Funny. I want to give me a good, clean, hard-hitting game. That's uh, decided you know, by one score. I'm cool with that. Yeah, we won't matter concerned. based I on if I'm wrong, and it's the Bills that yeah. win. I don't want to see 35 31. I'd like it lower scoring. So we've got a lot of
0: favorites advancing.
1: We have three favorites advancing.
0: As we tell you, loyal listeners, fade do accordingly. Not do, this at home. Do,
1: do not do this at home.
0: We've agreed on too much. Fade accordingly. But the slate, as you said, can't be better for this week of games. It doesn't disappoint the divisional round.
1: Bet with your head in over hours.
0: Yes. And what will be surprising, just in general, is what teams, no matter what happens, are going to make it to the championship round.
1: Before we go. Will Bill Belichick be the coach of the Atlanta Falcons next we meet? I think so. Will Nick Sirianni still be the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles next we meet? I think so. And will Jim Harbaugh be the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers next we meet? Not yet. Okay.
0: I think he's going to enjoy a little bit more of a tour
1: before deciding I agree with you on Belichick and I think I agree with you on Harbaugh I think he's gonna want I think he's gonna want to take a ride for a while Um, well
0: just with with everything that happened and the movement because of it Coaches coming and going is one thing, but now that the transfer portal opens for 30 days, when a coach says goodbye, we're still just in the first week of that for Alabama, Washington, Arizona, when Jed fish told him to get lost in three minutes. I don't know if that's something that he's interested in as to whom will be available. Cause apparently a lot of Alabama guys are willing to take a pay cut to play for now, Nick Saban. That's that, not though, the
1: case anymore. When you say that though, is, do you mean it by who will be available or also that he may want to make this decision quickly so it doesn't hurt Michigan's time frame by limiting what they can do with the portal
0: or the, both Derek, Yeah. There could be that too. If he's kind enough to keep that in mind, when would be the best time for their 30 day window to open if his, if he's moving and it will, because
1: they get 30 days from whenever he's stuck in, uh, if he steps down, that's when their 30 days begins to run. Right. Correct. So he doesn't want to really, regardless, delay too long because sooner or later, pretty much everybody's going to be available in the portal is going to be available. The question is when is that going to be? Correct?
0: Because right. there, there be is soon. there is a spring, there is a spring window which I should know off the top of my head, but do not. Not like it matters, because it seems like people can come and go whenever they want. Uh, Transfer deadlines of May 1st for fall and winter sports and July 1st for spring sports. There's going to be a spring window at some point. I don't remember what time of of the uh, spring that will be. April 15th to the 30th. There you go.
1: Everybody back (laughs) in. I think he's going to want to make the decision sooner than later so that if he leaves, he gives Michigan the best opportunity to recruit through the portal as much as they can. Um, Because he's a Michigan man. He's a Michigan man.
0: Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Nobody. And that'll be us this
1: weekend. Absolutely.
0: It's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week.
1: Folks, my partner, the great John Tiny Lund. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. Al from White Plains. Have a great playoff weekend, and go Ravens.
0: We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.